<laughs> oh, okay, cool. Okay, so awesome. So Jody, first off, I just want to thank you so much for doing this because like life coaching, I was telling Tyler on a podcast we did a little bit ago, life coaching has changed my life. And I kind of think of it, yeah, yeah. I kind of think of it like, aside from the gospel, it's like the number one thing that's probably impacted my life. Mm -hmm. And just how we kind of like to share the gospel with everybody. I like to kind of share life coaching with everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it's one of those things that like, it makes you so happy that you're like, I have to tell everybody about this. Yeah, and so Kira it. knows I've sent her some podcasts. <laughs> yep, they're pretty good. I'm always sending awesome. your podcast to like, everybody because it's just oh, so good thank you I appreciate that I'm happy You're, to hear that yeah 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 and so we kind of focus obviously on the health side of coaching um we yeah. coach people in physical health a lot mm -hmm. and you coach a lot more in the do you, would you call it emotional or thought yeah, work? I call like, it mental yeah. and emotional health yeah so can you maybe like just Give us a little bit of an idea or give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what that kind of coaching looks looks like or what you exactly do. Yeah. So um, I'm just laughing because I had a friend when I first started doing this, she's like, wait, so you just talk to people and then they pay you money? <laughs> I was like, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, so I was trained at the life coach school. Um, that's where I got my original certification and then my master level certification years later. And um, so the type of coaching that I'm trained in, because there's lots, when people say life coach, you have no idea what you're going to get, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we do what we call causal coaching, which means like, it, this is a metaphor, but if you have, if your arm hurts, you can go to the doctor and they could say, we'll take Advil, but the doctor's not going to do that because the doctor is practicing causal medicine. So he or she is going to say, let's take an x-ray or ask you a bunch of questions and then figure out what's causing the pain. If they can, that's right. the goal, figure out what's causing the pain. And then if you have a broken arm, they're going to set it in a cast and that actually the process of getting your arm set in a cast may hurt more for just a minute yeah. in the name of overall healing the broken arm and then it's maybe take Advil or whatever. So that's what I'm trying to do for people mentally and emotionally. So they'll come to me with anything from a challenge, a problem, maybe, you know, a marriage problem or something going on with one of their kids or a new health diagnosis or just really overwhelmed. Or uh, sometimes it's even with goals, like I'm not working on my goal the way I wanted to, or I'm not you know, I'm not eating the way I want to. I'm not, I can't stick to my exercise routine, whatever. So whatever the challenge is, rather than go right to the action line, which is the way most of us were raised and what we is ten, tempting to do, right? Have you tried this? Have you tried that? <laughs> um, yep. And I'm all for action line help. I love it actually, but it doesn't get to the root cause. What is mm -hmm. the root cause is always what we're thinking and believing and that's driving everything else. Yeah. And so the work I do as a coach is to help people um, go in and first of all, discover what they're thinking and believing, because it's actually harder than you'd think to discover that we're, we think we're just observing the world around us yeah. when what we're doing is we're crafting stories and interpretations of the world around us. And um, we just want to take a look at those and any of them that aren't serving you, we question and we play with new ways to think about it. So yes. that's what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> Oh my I gosh. I I love that. And everything you're saying, like, I'm just hearing years and years of Jody commentary in my brain, <laughs> like, oh yes, observe your thoughts and like all these things that I've learned from you. So it really yeah. is, would you say it, it takes a long time though, right? To like, um, or do you think it can, can be a quick fix for people? Well, I find that when people first learn about what I teach, when you first learn, no, your thoughts are creating your feelings. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot move into judging yourself and going, I shouldn't be thinking this, because that's not what we're saying either. We're not saying you should feel happy all the time and you should always be mm -hmm. successful. We're, we're just saying, just, just notice that what you're thinking is creating what you're feeling. And sometimes right. we want to feel bad or sometimes we just need to feel bad and that's okay. Okay. But your thoughts yeah. are creating it. Um, so when people first learn that there's usually a couple of areas in your life where you've been doing that, that are easily available. I call it low hanging fruit. Right. And they mm -hmm. just feel free. Like, um, you know, I, I have a client who, who was really always frustrated with her husband 
mm-hmm. because he's so negative about work and life and he'd come home and complain. And when I pointed out, well, you're actually really negative yeah. about your negative husband. That's the yeah. only problem. Like your husband can be negative all day. It doesn't have to affect you until you're negative about his negativity. The way he views work is the way you view him. And when right. she saw it and she decided, I don't want to do that anymore. It was like freedom, like, over. I mean, not that she's perfect at it, but it, it, it can feel really free in certain areas of your life. Then mm-hmm. once you kind of attack that low hanging fruit, you're probably going to have some deeper seated stuff. That's going to take a little <laughs> bit longer to work on, but it doesn't yeah. have to, it can really just take one person. Let me give a quick story. Sorry. Yeah, one no, person you offering you another perspective <laughs> to make you go, wait a second. Like I, when my kids were really little and you know, like babies, like waking up a lot at night and you're mm-hmm. not sleeping. And, and so as moms to little kids, what we all do is we complain about that, right? We are like, I just didn't get any sleep, but the baby woke up so many times. And then we all validate each other, which is fine. But we go, oh, that's so hard. Make sure you take naps during the day. And like, that's what we do, right? So I'm at this, (laughs) right? I'm at this like um, conference and I'm in the bathroom and the woman next to me is someone I kind of know, but not that well. So we're washing our hands and we're making small talk. And I was like, just having a hard time staying awake in this meeting because my two kids were up so much last night I didn't get enough sleep and instead of giving me the normal validation she said yeah I just decided when I don't get enough sleep to decide it's not a big deal I'm just going to be tired today but it's fine I can just be tired and I was like what did she just say (laughs) and like all of a sudden realizing I could stop feeling sorry for myself all day and then I'm still tired but at least I don't have all the negative energy around it. So sometimes like one person offering you a new thought, you, your brain will, will just go, that's what I'm going to believe from now on. I'm done with the complaining about this, you know? I love that. No, I love that because (laughs) I feel like as fitness coaches, we're kind of in the realm of offering people new thoughts, right? There's like so much work we need to do on our heads in the realm of fitness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We have, I mean, I have people come, I, I specifically coach an all women's class. Um, and I have women come in all the time who are just like, I shouldn't be here. Or I, they'll say I'm, I've heard I'm too fat. I'm too out of shape. I just had a baby. I feel bad leaving my kids, you know, like all the things. Yes. And I feel like coaching has helped me have new thoughts about that, that I can then offer these women. Yeah. And so I'm just curious, like, how have you seen coaching help people in the world of health, fitness, nutrition? I mean, I know that's a big question because I'm sure oh, you see it a lot. <laughs> oh, it's huge in that world because, um, most of us, myself included have really messed up stories and ideas about bodies and about mm-hmm. health even, right? Like I feel like in the last decade or so, we've shifted away from just talking about weight loss to talking more about overall health and strength. Mm-hmm. So I think that all that is healthy and good, mm-hmm. but I think we still have a long way to go. Um, even when people say to me, I'm I'm fat, right? Like you said, if a, someone comes in going, well, I'm fat, I'm like, what is that? Like, that's just a thought you realize. Mm-hmm right? I'm fat. You actually aren't fat. You have fat cells on your body and you have all kinds of other things. You're not fat. You have fat. cells. Oh, okay. What I mean is I'm overweight. They'll say, yeah. I'm like, you know, like I'm fine with you keeping that thought if you want, but it's just a thought I'm overweight even. And they'll go, but the doctor said like, there's a BMI chart or whatever, like (laughs) I'm I'm like, somebody made up that BMI chart. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, if it, if it empowers you to go, I'm overweight and that gives you motivation and confidence to eat better and then get to the gym and whatever, then I'm fine with labeling you overweight. But mostly that's not what they mean when they say it, they right. are using it to judge themselves that they shouldn't be and have shame. And I'm like, how about just like, you have a body, like, like, so let's just really make it factual. I'm a human being with a human body. Let's just start with the facts that we can all agree on. Yes. And then we can slowly add on more if you want, because the goal isn't to not have thoughts. (laughs) We need to have thoughts. 
Right. Some of the thoughts that have helped me a lot in this area are bodies are funny looking. Cause it's, yeah, I cannot always get to, I love my body. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm just like, bodies are funny looking. And then also like your, the way your body looks is the least interesting part of your body. Mm -hmm. Like I just found that exercising, getting stronger for my mental and emotional health is much more motivating to me Mm -hmm. than trying to do it to look good in my swimsuit. Cause totally maybe maybe I'm never going to like the way I look in my swimsuit. All right. Right. I'm fun. I have a funny looking body and most bodies are funny looking, but I do know that when I lift some weights and I eat better and I move my body, I also feel better. And so there's just so many ways to approach this. There is. And what I think is cool is we're seeing a reframing in the world a little bit around like more, less what your body looks like and more what your body can do Mm -hmm. and, and how it feels and how your brain is, you know, like it's, it used to be really cool. I was just talking to my mom about this to be really skinny. Like that was the story that we were told for so many years, like in the nineties, kind of that like super skinny is like the epitome of health and beauty. And I think laughable now, isn't it? It is laughable. But you're right. That is what we were fed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember my mom saying, Oh, I was 115 pounds with a size six foot when I was married. And I said to her, I was 115 pounds when I was in eighth grade, you know? (laughs) And so I just think that we're doing a really good job of, and we could do better, but as a society kind of um, finding these new thoughts and social media and influencers and people are pushing this idea a little bit more of like, weight is good. You know, weight is an indicator of muscle. And, and so I, but I think that you're right. Like we have to observe those thoughts that we've been trained in in, for so many years and those stories that we've told ourselves for so many years and find something that fits for us and our, and our mind. Cause like you said, my body looks funny, works for you. I think that's so cool. And I think that what works for everybody is going to look a little bit different. And that's where coaching is so helpful is kind of offering new thoughts. And, and I will say this too, like I, there are some people who are, are just like, you shouldn't even try to improve your body. Cause if you love your body, why would you, why would you need to change it? Right. And I, I don't agree with that. I, I like people if they want to, and they say, I want to lose some weight or I want to gain some muscle or whatever. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Not because yeah. anybody needs to, to be any right. more amazing Worthy. not because actually that you're even going to like yourself better. You guys, that's a big myth. Like you're yeah, just we know a different reason yeah. to load yourself. <laughs> but the reason I encourage people to do it and I'll coach them through it is because it brings up stuff that's really valuable to work on. It brings up your relationship with yourself. Like even just saying, um, I'm going to gain five pounds of muscle. Okay. So how am I going to do that? This is my plan. I'm going to eat this way. I'm going to work out this way, whatever it is. Now you got to show up and do it. And whether or not you can honor your commitment to yourself is a life skill that's worth developing. And so, yes. and, and whether or not you can love yourself as you are, because I honestly do believe that embracing where you are and loving where you are is the best way to get to whatever's the next thing. Mm-hmm. It, it just is. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, I get this with money too. I'm like, what if you just decided that you have plenty of money or that your business is already successful enough? They're like, well, then I probably wouldn't work on it. And I'm like, no, you're not working on it now. That's (laughs) what's happening now because you're so disgusted with it. Embracing where you are, it's actually going to just be more fun to work on. So anyway, yeah, there's, there's a lot to the, the mindset piece. And like I said, I, I still have a lot of, I, I I haven't perfected my mindset around this. I want to be very clear. I don't know that I ever will. I think that. I think it's important, like going along with what you said, our body's the vehicle to whatever consciousness we are. So emotional, you know, emotional, spiritual, mental. So shifting that focus from the nineties of skinny to today, which is be healthy, like Mm -hmm. All of that is going to be better carried in a healthy body than it is, you know, something that is, um, that is sick. Um, not saying that like everyone who is overweight is sick, but just health, health is so important. Like whatever, however we carry all of this. And I will say for anybody trying to work on this, 
for me, I felt a profound shift when I was really trying to change my eating habits a few years ago. And I did work with a a fitness coach to help me do that. And Mm -hmm. I remember like laying in bed at night, just working on loving my body. Cause I knew that part was really important. I'm like, I have to love, not just like love how it looks, but like love my body. So I would lay Mm -hmm. in bed at night. Right. And um, try to feel what is happening in my body. Try to be in, in my body. First of all, most mm-hmm. of us don't do that a lot. Yeah. And then I remember like, just sort of talking to my body, like, you know, I've put you through a lot and you've taken really good care of me. Yeah. Like, even though sometimes I've eaten a bunch of crap that you don't actually prefer. Uh-huh. It's actually hard for you to figure out what to do with all that sugar or whatever I'm putting in you. You have to figure out, can we burn it as energy? Are we going to need to store it? You've done that. Thank you. And yeah. I, I feel pretty good and I'm actually relatively healthy. And I listen, I love you enough though, that I'm going to give you more of what I know you like. And I know you like fruits and vegetables and lean protein and water mm-hmm. and all of that, even though. I kind of like Diet Coke and candy. So I'm going to try to take better care of you because I love you. And that's when it clicked for me. Oh, that's what it means when they say love your body in order yeah. to anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I think that's so cool. It's interesting. Ahead, too. If you're talking to your body, you are not your body. Yes. That's Which right. Such cool. an important differentiate, you know, to separate those. Like we are not our body, and yeah, right. I think just he- a lot of people just hearing that can, can click, you know, like a new. Yeah, and version. then it goes everywhere, right? We're not our thoughts. We're not our emotions. Right. We're not. We can observe all of them, and we can That's learn right. from that. So I have a question along with your your journey of starting to become a coach. Um, so rewind like quite a bit. What got you into wanting to coach people? Did you have some like big struggle that you got through and you're like, wow, I learned something big. I want to share this or, you know, kind of what's, what's the beginning? What got you really into this path of success that you're in? Yeah, I, um, worked at the same job in corporate for about 15 years and, um, and was really happy there and got a lot of my validation and fulfillment and identity from that job. And then I got laid off and was suddenly at home with three little kids and just like kind of lost. Like, what am I, should I get another job? Should I stay home with these kids? Cause now my husband was making enough money to probably support us. Um, and at the end of my corporate career, I had become a leadership coach. So I'd been introduced a little bit to coaching and to Brooke Castillo specifically, who was my teacher. So I'd started following her blog and things. This was 10 years ago. Um, and I was like, okay, I think I'll, I think I'll stay home with the kids, but I really want to go to this class that Brooke is teaching. She was, she had opened up her first ever in-person coach certification. And I wasn't, I didn't plan to do anything with it. I just was lost and like, I want to go to this class. So I did. And at the end, she taught us just a little bit about online marketing She's like, now you're going to need to go get clients. And it really clicked for me. I really saw how the pieces could fit together. And so I just dove in. I just love it all so much. And it helped me that I wanted to tell everyone about it. It's like Mm -hmm. Brittany was saying, you want to talk about it with everyone, but just like, and you mentioned this with religion, we want to share it with everyone, but not everybody actually wants to hear it. And same with coaching. Like I wanted to coach everyone and teach everyone, but they don't actually all want to improve themselves. So anyway, um, my, so I try to just reserve that for my clients that want it. And, um, yeah, that's how I got into it. And I, I feel really grateful. I I do feel like I was led to be where I am today. And, And so many of the things I learned in my corporate job, like I was a sales trainer. And so that's helped me build my business to know how to sell. And I, I just feel like I really was being prepared to do what I'm doing now. Oh, and you were called to it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was, I definitely feel like yeah. I wasn't, I feel lucky to have found it. I also wanted to ask, and I hope this isn't too personal, but was there ever, cause I remember for me, I was kind of looking for something when I found coaching, I was in like kind of a really, I was in, it was in some friend drama. I was kind of dealing with some jealousy and I was struggling to even like, I felt a lot of shame. I was struggling to own that feeling of jealousy. Like I would, 
I wasn't jealous, right? I'm not jealous. No, I'm not jealous. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was kind of like, I was like, just like looking for anything. And that's when I kind of found you and your podcast um, at the time. And then that carried me into a lot of other parts. But was there ever something that kind of was like an aha moment for you, like where you were coached on it or something that just like your low hanging fruit, maybe that was like what kind of like grabbed you into coaching, like a principle or something like that, that you learned? Yeah, there were two areas. One of them was with money. So I had a Mm -hmm. lot of scarcity with money. And um, like I said, I had had a a good job. My husband had a good job. Like it never felt like enough money. And we lived in California and things were expensive and things. So I, in my mind, I could justify my scarcity. But Mm -hmm. um, I also had what I didn't realize was I had a lot of shame about it. I had shame about not being good with money and spending too much money and being irresponsible. And especially at this point, I had a couple little kids and it didn't look like we were going to be able to buy a house any day soon. And so I had shame about that. And, um, that was one of the first things, like, I remember Brooke coaching me on not needing to have shame. And sometimes we mask shame with things like confusion. Like I I remember telling her, I just don't understand like how a mortgage works even. And I feel like I should at this point in my life, I'm an adult, you know, and she's like, she just calls out your BS so well. (laughs) She's like, that's not true. Like a mortgage is simple. And if you wanted to understand it, it'd be like a 10 minute Google search. Yes. Right. And money is not complicated. It's just addition and subtraction. Right. What is this really about? And that's when I realized it's about shame. Like I shouldn't be spending money on these things. I should be saving for a house. I should be more responsible. And when she showed me that, she's like, that's just made up. What if that's not true? Like who cares? You could have put that money towards a down payment, but you bought those clothes instead. So what? And when she just like gave me that permission to let go of all, because money, just like bodies, we have so many stories we were given. When I let it go, of course, then I started making a lot of money, ironically yeah. enough. So that was one. And the other one was around, um, I have a son, my oldest son, who's um, really an introvert and he's pretty sensitive. And when I first found coaching, he was, you know, second or third grade. And I was just like, he doesn't, he never wanted to leave the house. He wants us to stay home. He doesn't, he's like mad that we're going to the movies. And then he's scared that I'm not going to remember to pick him up from school. And so I was like both frustrated with him and worried about him. And that was, again, uh, I got coached around like how negative, how like negative I was about my negative son more or less. And when I saw that and she was like, what would it be like if he was negative, he was unhappy, but you're not unhappy that he's unhappy. Yeah. And I remember being like, I don't even know what that would be like, but let me try it. Yeah. And when you try it. So both of those were really like changed everything for me in terms of oh. how I showed up in my family and then in my business with the money stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Cause it's cool to hear what brings people to coaching too. Yeah. Like, what is it that, that is the moment where they're like hooked, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and they're- I will say this. Like for anybody that listens to the podcast, I'm glad people like the podcast, but don't you think Brittany, you've been in, it's nothing compared to the real coaching that happens. Like that's where stuff gets real and it, it clicks. This is the cool thing about coaching. So I always use this analogy. If you, if you want to learn to snowboard, you could read a book about snowboarding, but really what you need to do is strap a snowboard on and go, go up the mountain and fall on your butt a bunch of times. Do That's the work. You're learn, yes. Right. And it's true with anything that any of us are teaching to like, mm-hmm. yes, you can learn about it from listening to us on a podcast, but really you need to go sign up and go to, go to CrossFit or whatever. Yep. But with coaching, because it's happening in your mind, it's like you're standing on the snowboard with the other person learning to snowboard. Because mm-hmm. it's mindset work, literally your brain is changing as you hear other people's brains change because mm-hmm. the the thought patterns that keep us stuck or prevent us from feeling joy are all the same, even though our circumstances are different. Mm-hmm. So you literally don't even have to be the one getting coached, but you have to hear the real coaching, I think, to get the full effect of what's possible in changing your mindset. Yeah. And I'll always, and I totally like 
I'll always remember what got me to sign up for be like be bold at the time, whatever we yeah. were calling it, um, uh-huh. was I listened to an old podcast episode you did where you coached somebody. And I think you were coaching. It was called somebody, I don't remember her name, wants to be the favorite. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. That was and a long time ago. A woman who wanted to be the favorite friend. Like she wanted, she had this group of friends and she wanted to be the favorite. And I remember like, even though I wasn't getting coached, I could put myself mm-hmm. in her shoes Mm-hmm. and totally relate and yeah. it fixed some of my own thoughts so That's i can right. totally attest like we should hearing... just coach someone right now yeah not me <laughs> <laughs> we should coach tyler i think i probably tyler. need coached yeah we all do <laughs> yeah that's fun <laughs> yeah it's true it's just mm-hmm. like yeah i love it yeah yeah tyler so do you want to get coached when you you begin coaching someone like how would you go about beginning to coach Tyler um Tyler tell me one part of your life that isn't as amazing as you wish it was right now that's a good question (laughs) he's Um, like it's perfect he's got a good life (laughs) yeah I do have a good life um or whatever's on your mind yeah um yeah, I could have a better relationship with money. Okay. Say more. Um, I like to spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like to earn money, but mm-hmm. I need my proportions to be better. Okay. Uh, and probably um yeah, I I you said say more. All you need to say more. No, uh, you're good. Um, okay. Let me ask you another question. So you want to earn more money. Yeah. Um, you don't have to give us numbers or anything. Cause this is your podcast. Normally I would make you give me numbers, but yeah. <laughs> do you know, I'll just ask you, do you know how much money you want to make? Let's say in the next year. Um, okay. In the next year, no, but I do have a, an overall kind of long-term number okay. that, that Kira and I say quite regularly. Okay, good. I like, I like you having like long-term kind of like further out, um, big goals, but I would recommend you give yourself a number to work towards in the next year. The only reason why is I want to see what comes up for you. If we, if we were to pick a number, um, yeah. <clears throat> what, what would come up for you? Like, why do you, let me just ask you, why have you not picked a number for like the next year? Um, I, I guess I don't have a good answer to that. I know the importance of short-term goals and midterm and long-term, um, but we just kind of had talked about this longer term one. Um, but I will, I will set, uh, let's just say, let's just say that next year you're going to earn double what you earned the last year. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Um, I need to work harder. And uh, be okay with with working harder. We also okay. we we attach money to value, so we just would need to provide in my mind provide double the value that we provide now. Because I also don't want to get money for nothing. I want to make sure people are getting value out of what we provide. Yeah, totally. Okay, so when you think the because these are thoughts, okay. So what I do is I use a model, circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. So I'm putting in your result line that you double your, your revenue from the year before in your business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your thought is I would need to work harder and I would need to provide double the value. Those are both thoughts. Yeah. Right. How do you feel when you think that I would need to work harder? I work pretty hard already. So it's a, it would be, it would be adding to, and I know that's, that's a limiting belief, right? No, it's okay. Like your thoughts aren't wrong. We just want to take a look at them. Like, does it, does it feel kind of overwhelming to think I I would need to work harder? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Let's call it overwhelm is your emotion from that line of thinking. Okay. And then think about your actions when you're overwhelmed. Do you work? I don't do as much when I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, we should watch another episode on Netflix. Yeah. Before we said, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay? And that's how we are. I, like overwhelm, I think is a fascinating emotion because 
it says it basically is trying to tell us there's a lot that needs to happen and it causes us to do less and be less effective anyway. But anyway, we all do it. Okay. So this line of thinking, I need to work harder and I need to provide double the value may not be the right way to think about it, even though it sounds really good and noble, right? Yeah. Um, what if, um, doubling your revenue and I even think we could keep the part where you say double the value. Yeah. But I think we should question this part about you working harder. What if like, look at the people that are the richest in the world. They are not working. Some of them are working the least amount, yeah. right? You're at some point you, you can't be trading effort and time for money. I yeah. think still you need to be providing value, but that's not the same as providing effort and time. And I feel like your brain is making those the same a little bit. Yeah. Like, What if the way that you're going to double value and then double your revenue is going to not just be by turning up what you're already doing, but you're going to have to think totally differently than you're thinking now. And maybe try something totally different than what you're doing now. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, but when you think that, how do you feel? If you think I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to think differently because I, I don't want you working harder. I mean, do you want to work harder? You said you already work pretty hard. No, I'm good. I'm good. Kira, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want him working harder? Um, I think more purpose. You know, when he has a lot of purpose behind what he's doing, he works really hard. But if he feels overwhelmed or if he doesn't feel great about the purpose, then it's like I don't know what I'm gonna do right now. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like if you were, do you need to be having more fun? Are you having fun in your business? Yeah, I have fun. But in your business. Okay. I wonder. In your business, in your job, in your work. Yeah. So I've had this weird like transition where I, I am trying to not work so actively coaching so that I can work on more kind of back end things and make sure that coaches are getting value and that coaches are making as much money as possible and just kind of working on the business instead of in the business. Mm -hmm. But I think that that has, I have some limiting things there because then I go, I'm not doing anything. Like that's how I feel. I don't think mm -hmm. that's completely true. Or Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not doing as much on the business as I should be. So then I feel like I need to be coaching more, but I know that my role should be working on the business and making the coaches as successful as possible and then providing as much value to members. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, but um, these are all, again, thoughts that I would write down if I were you and just take yeah. a look at them because you have lots of words like should and need. That's true. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe that is what your business needs. Maybe that's what you decide, Absolutely. but you're operating from like, sort of like, it's interesting how we make things like there's a right way to do it. Right. Um, or there's a best way, or there's a more like, a, there's a bit of a morality component we even bring into it about what's right and wrong. You know what I mean? And we just want to look at it all because when we're operating from that kind of energy, it doesn't get us the same result is if, if like sometimes with my business, anyway, I like to step back and go, we can do anything we want. Cause I own this business. I can literally do anything we want. And yes, I've read a lot of business books and I listen to things and all that I, I've, and I value other people who have succeeded beyond me, but still ultimately we could do this any way we want to. And when I, what I know for sure is that when I do it the way that feels the most fun for me and the easiest for me, we're the most successful. Like we make over $5 million now in the business because I'm like, nope, that doesn't sound fun to me. We're not doing that. That sounds too hard. I don't want to work that hard. And I want to provide tremendous value to people. So, um, not that I like, I don't blow up my business literally, but in my mind I do every year. I'm like, what if we weren't going to do any of this anymore, but we wanted to make double the amount of money, but now we know more, we know our clients better. We know, we understand more about marketing because we had this experience. What would we do now if we were just starting from scratch? And then we end up changing little pieces of it usually in the end. 
So I think instead of I'm going to need to work harder, I think you need to take a look at, I would recommend anyway, that you take a look at like when you say, well, I'm not coaching anymore. And, and so you're feeling that sort of that transition, Like, is it that you miss coaching or that you think that you're not working enough and you should be? Yeah. There's a difference. The second one. Yeah. That I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, that's just BS that you made up, (laughs) you know, like if you miss it, that's one thing. But if you're telling yourself, I should be, I should be, this should be harder or something like that's nonsense. Yeah. And I, I do get more enjoyment out of helping develop others. So like I do enjoy coaching. Like I, I love it. I love to see people change and get those new little, you know, aha moments like Brittany was talking about. I really enjoy that, but I think I enjoy more coaching the coaches, coaching trainers, coaching people to help other people. And that might be a value thing too. I know like if I could have 10 people that I'm helping learn to coach, then now we can help 500 people instead of, you know, me coaching 50 people. I think that's actually the ideal situation is that what you enjoy is coaching coaches because exactly what you just described, you're, you're adding exponential value and, um, that can result in your business revenue as well. So I would just drop all the, I would just set aside the drama that your brain is giving you about that. That's not right or good or hard enough or whatever. Like you should be ideally, and this is something Dan Sullivan teaches with business. He's like, you need to be operating in your zone of genius. What, what are you the best at? It's probably the things that you enjoy the most. You need to be doing that. And you need to try to do as little of all of the other stuff as possible. That's how you grow your business. So it's not going to be working harder. It's going to be like working with intention, like your wife said, around what do we think we want to try this year? And how do we, how do we add, how do I add exponential value? Okay. And then I would say to keep spending money too, by the way. (laughs) Well, it it is, it is good. And we're just earn more. I've exactly. And we told, I totally agree there. It's such a great mindset though, too, because I think for the last, I don't know, maybe our whole marriage, I'm like, spend less, spend less, like, look at these numbers, like we made this much and you spent this much and like, what's happening. But I also think I've been battling with a scarcity mindset. And just these last couple months, I've realized like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, switching to complete abundance mindset and saying over and over again, like, I'm thankful for the abundance that comes to us. And I'm thankful for the abundance that goes out. Like we get abundance and we give abundance. Like I've almost got her on board to get a bigger airplane. So we're doing. (laughs) Yes. I do. Obviously it's okay. Like if people want to watch your spending or whatever, we're not saying to be ruthless, but I think that, um, it's much more fun to learn how to earn more money to me than to try to, although spending money is what I call a buffer in a lot of cases. Like, why am I buying all this stuff? Cause I don't want to feel bored. I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel ashamed. I want to, the dopamine hit I get when I order it online. And the second dopamine hit I get when it shows up at my door, you know? <laughs> so it, it's, it is, there is personal development work to be done around that. But, um, you know, there's, you can, you can tighten up you're spending or you can earn more. And I think it's more fun to earn more. Yeah. I also believe in set points. So fitness, there are weight set points. If someone's 240 and they've had a tough time breaking through 215 at one point, eventually you can break through 215, but you have to get that new set point. And I also think we have a financial set point. So maybe that's $50 in the bank, or maybe that's 500,000 invested or something. Um, And I'm always trying to work on that set point being higher. I'd rather it be invested instead of having it sitting in the bank, but always have that set point higher and higher and higher. And that's That's not like, Hey, look at me. I've earned so much money. It's what can we do with that? Like you can literally change the world and you can change the world with $50 too, because you can give your time and your effort, but I'd much rather have more influence Yeah. I think that more money makes emphasizes your money makes you more of who you are. Right. So if you're generous, you could be even more generous with more money. Yeah. And this is why people who are, are, you know, 
jerks become really big jerks with more money. But if you're a generous, kind person, you can be more generous and more kind with more money. So, yeah. Yeah, we've said that before. Money's an amplifier. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, exactly. So thanks for letting me coach you. That was fun. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I honestly like it felt it's a little vulnerable. I'm like, well, what if I say something and Brittany's unhappy because she's working for just edit it out? Well, here's the great news. All I was gonna add is that when you that's what's so cool about being part of like a coaching program, like Jody's program, is when you listen to enough people get coached, you stop judging. Because you coach, you start becoming, you start seeing your own areas of weakness and you realize like, oh, everybody is dealing with stuff in their head. Yes. And it, it, you almost, I feel like it makes me a lot more understanding of people um, watching others get coached and seeing others be vulnerable. So there was, that's what's so cool. I was actually just going to compliment you. Like it's very vulnerable to get judged and especially on your own or get judged, get coached, get coached. Yeah. on yeah. your own podcast. <laughs> And so I got voluntold. He got voluntold. I need that sometimes. I need it. It's good. But I think that it like, I'm sure there are people who are listening who are like, oh my gosh, I can totally see this. Like I could see how those are just thoughts and I can see how, I don't know how that reflects in actions and feelings. And so I just think it's really cool that you gave that example and there's no judgment. I, that's the best part of coaching is the more you do it, the more you realize everyone should be doing it and could be doing it. And you feel so much better about yourself and you stop judging yourself, you know? And I think when you stop judging yourself, I think Jody, you said this one time, we judge others the way we judge ourselves and we judge ourselves the way we judge others, something along those lines. And I think when we become more um, kind to ourselves and less critical of the way that we're seeing the world and the thoughts that we're thinking and like, we just, observe them, then we stop doing that to others too. So, yeah. And I think I'll just one quick thing. I know we're running out of time, but I think yeah. the fastest way out of that judgment is curiosity for me. Cause I can't always get to embracing and accepting and loving, but I can be curious. Like that's so fascinating. I wonder why that guy is so upset. I wonder why I ate all that food that I didn't need. And I wasn't, I wonder why, I wonder why I'm not following through on the things I say I'm going to do. I wonder why I'm spending all this money. I wonder why I didn't set a goal for myself this year. Genuine curiosity without the like follow-up of probably because you're a loser, probably because he's a jerk, right? Like (laughs) you genuinely get curious. There's so much powerful things to discover behind that. So I'm curious, um, you, you ask like, why did I just eat all that food? Why did I just spend all that money? What if we don't know, (laughs) you know, everybody says, I don't know. Yeah. Like I feel like we all do that to each other. We're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how to fix it. If we don't know that food is yummy, but that's where I know because the food was delicious. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I, why did I need something delicious? So you, you can't accept, I don't know. One of the rules in my coaching is no one's allowed to say, I don't know. We can sit there in uncomfortable silence, but we don't ever say, I don't know. Cause that's when you, I don't know is a thought. It's not a fact, right? So if I say, I don't know what I'm doing is my brain is like, it's too much work to go back and think about and figure out. And there could be 5 million answers. I don't want to pick the right one. What if I'm wrong? I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be, that's all that's really happening is your brain is just trying to shut down because it doesn't want to do that. It's either scared or it doesn't want to work hard. So that's why we don't allow, I don't know. I'll just say, well, let's just take a guess, right? Um, why did I eat all that food? I don't know. Well, let's just take a guess. Well, it was delicious. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And then we ask a follow-up question. Why did you feel like you needed something delicious in that moment? What was going on? And we might take a look at the context. What time of day was it? Oh, you just put the kids to bed? Tell me about your day. Were you bored? Were you stressed? Were you, do you, and, and what we discover, this is why, again, I love doing the work on both overeating and overspending. It tends to be similar, is what we discover is that we're trying to compensate for the life we don't like with food or buying crap. And like, if we stopped eating crap or we stopped buying stuff, we don't even actually really want for very long. We would discover that we could change our lives and have a more fulfilling, more exciting life. Wouldn't you rather have a better life than just cover it up with some food? (laughs) Like, so, um, we don't take, I don't know as an answer, but sometimes it does, um, need 
a coach to guide you through discovering it. But if we really can't discover it in a conversation, I'll say, okay, well, let's just observe yourself then for the next couple of weeks. The next time you overeat or you overspend or whatever, just take a minute and get out a notebook and write down what you're thinking in that moment. You're thinking I had such a long day. I deserve it. Um, whatever. I'm never going to lose weight anyway. It doesn't matter. A little bit won't hurt. All of those are thoughts. Mm-hmm. Let's just become aware of them. Does that make sense? You're saying, yeah, if we're, if we're aware of those thoughts, like I had a long day, I deserve it. And then noticing can you say that again, where you break it down yeah. a little bit further from that. Yeah. So then we question them. So if you, once, once they can come to me and go, this is what I was thinking. I deserve it. A little bit won't hurt. I had a long day. Okay. Then we go, oh, okay. That's interesting. Let's look at them. I deserve it. What does that even mean? Well, it was going to taste really good. And I'd been feeling deprived all day. And I'm like, okay, well, is what you want to taste something good? How long did it even taste good? I like to have people do experiments with food where we slow it down and we really taste it and we feel the texture and we like it really experience it. Cause what you discover is nothing actually tastes as good as we think it does not for very long and not for more than a bite or two. Right. So I'm like, okay, but do you deserve what came after that? How did you feel later, both physically and emotionally? Or do you deserve to feel taken care of? Is what you actually deserve to have a healthy body that lets you experience the world the way you want. And you're just telling yourself in the moment, I deserve this chocolate, but you don't even actually want chocolate. You want a better life. You want better relationships. You want to feel more connected, more love. That's what you actually want. That's what you really deserve, not this false substitute. So we've taken the thought now and we've sort of blown it up. So the next time your brain's like, I deserve this. You're like, no, I deserve to wake up tomorrow and feel really confident about following through on what I said I was going to do. I deserve a better relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Yeah. That's what I really want. So, so we take it, each thought like that and we just sort of pull it apart until we see it doesn't even make sense. Hmm. There, I think that's really powerful because I don't think we, I mean, I don't know how to, I, it's a little bit more now, but I don't know how to do that. You know, that's right. like where the value of a coach comes in. You just said, I and don't. like, like we were saying, even <laughs> listening to coaching, right? Like Brittany just listened to us say that and she still gets the, gets it. So if she ever has the thought, I deserve it. We just sort of blew it up in her mind too. Yeah. And typically by breaking it down like that for people, are they, it's, it's the realization that happens in their mind that they're like, that makes them start to change their actions. Is that where the kind of the magic is? Yes. Because like, um, I remember having a coach when, again, when I was working on my eating habits and I, I told my coach, like, I don't know, I just, my brother made these peanut butter cookies and I walked in his house and he just made them and they smelled so good. I couldn't not eat five. (laughs) And she's (laughs) like, okay, well, so that was my thought is like, I just, I can't help myself. Like I love peanut butter and I love treats. So she's like, how did they taste? Well, of course I didn't. I was like, they were delicious, but she's like, were they, what did the, did the fifth one taste the same as the first one? And of course I don't know because we go unconscious and we're ashamed. So we just eat them really fast. Right. So she's like, all right, well then let's just assume that the fifth one didn't taste as good as the first one. And that maybe the first bite or two was right. We talk about all of that. Then she says, what was better, the taste or the smell? And I was like, they tasted really good, but the smell was what was really like amazing. And she's like, isn't that crazy? Like the smell, we think I can't deprive myself of this pleasure when actually the smell is the most pleasurable part. And so once she showed me that and together we decided that, right. Then now I can walk past the Cinnabon at the mall and smell it. And I just let, instead of going, oh no, don't go down that way because there's Cinnabon. I'm just like, let's go down the Cinnabon hall because I want to experience the pleasure of smelling the Cinnabon without any of the negative consequences of a blood sugar spike and all the other things that that does to me. So I can let myself. So in answer to your question, Kira, yes, it does ultimately then change your behaviors in the end. I feel like I just had like a mind blowing moment. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome for that. to Jody Moore coaching. <laughs> Jody Moore coaching. 
come and check yes. it out. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Should, yeah. I was going to say, we should let you go, Jody. but tell, tell our listeners how they can yes. find you and, you know, what, what resources they have. Yeah, I would say uh, my podcast is called Better Than Happy, and you can get a lot more information there. And if you want to experience more of what we did here with The Real Coaching, we always have either a free or low-priced way for you to come in and get just a taste of that, and then we'll tell you about how to join whatever programs we have running, and that's always at jodymore.com slash trial. Um, so whenever anyone's listening to this, you can come and check it out. That's awesome. So... Thank you so much for this. It's so nice of you. We really appreciate it. Um, We usually end podcasts with just, it's called two lessons learned. So what, and this is such a broad question for what you do, because there's so much, but what are two (laughs) lessons that you've learned about people? Mm. Like the two biggest lessons that you've learned about people that are looking for coaching. Hmm. The two biggest lessons I've learned about people looking for coaching are, um, this is going to sound really cliche, but it is what I've seen in, in my experience is that, um, we are all more alike than we are different. Um, like I said, whether you're working on, on your health goals, your money goals, um, just trying to stop yelling at your kids. It's all, we all have a lot of shame that drives us. And a lot of fear that drives us. And those two things create problems. And when we get out of shame, when we just embrace ourselves and we get out of fear, then we become better. But we all operate at times from shame and fear. Um, That's the first lesson. And I guess the second thing that I really feel strongly about is that I just think people are mostly good and pretty awesome. Like I just, I love, I love um, people and I love just like the random acts and thanks to Instagram. Now there's a lot of accounts that share good news, you know, these random things, those things are way more common than the negative. And yet what's most interesting to our brains is the negative. And that's why the news puts all the negative on there. But I think it's distorted our worldview to think that there's a lot of bad people and a lot of bad things happening. And I think that there are mostly good people with mostly good things happening. I heard Abraham Hicks said it this way. Um, They're like, if you were watching a TV monitor, that was all remember the old TVs would get like the fuzzy screen when the channel went out, the static Mm -hmm. screen. If you were watching that, and the only time a picture came on was when something negative happened, it would just be static, 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 and then blip and back to static, static, mostly all day static. And so I like to think about people that world and think that way and think about the world that way. And I I do think that's the truth. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was so nice to meet you all. Thank you for being willing. We appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, you have a great day, Jody. Okay. Let me know um, when you publish it. We'll share it with our our following too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. You bet. Take care, you guys. Have a great day.